we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Terry Lynn Scott. I am so grateful that you're joining me again. This is episode number 31, and we are continuing our talk from episode 30 on developing leaders. Uh, And uh, before we jump into it today, I would love to do a couple things. Number one, ask you if you're new to the channel or have yet to do so, hit the subscribe button. Whatever platform it's on, hit the YouTube subscribe, hit the the podcast subscribe, join our our, uh, Facebook page or Instagram page. Uh, However that is, I would encourage you to do that for me and that would be great help to me. Also, if this content helps you, adds value to you or anything like that, leave me a comment. Tell me how this thing's working. What are you doing? Uh, Is it affecting your life? Or man, is it negative? Do you not like it? Just let me know. Communicate. And I would love to reach out to you and have conversation with you. And the last thing is, man, probably my most uh, favorite asked question that I have is that share this. Share this. If this is content's adding value to you. Share it on whatever platform you have. Shoot a text message to somebody. Send it to your pastor, your church leaders department heads, uh, business owners, managers, uh, whoever, family, friends, uh, your aunt, your uncle, your dog, your cat, anybody that would listen to me, come on, (laughs) Uh, just share it with them. And I would greatly appreciate that. Last thing is, if you have any questions or anything at all, join me at my website, terrylenscott.com. And uh, I'd be glad to reach back out to you. You can shoot me an email there. You can request uh, if you would like for me to come in and speak to you, pastor, or your church or your team uh, at a church uh, leadership or even business owners, uh, if you could, if I could come in and add value and content to your teams, uh, there's a request button on there to do that. There's also a request if you'd like for me to be a part of your podcast and you're a podcaster as well and, and uh, me to be a part of your show that's there. And then also if it's something you're interested in and you'd like to be a part of my show, there's an apply button on my website that you can apply to be a part of mine if that's something you you like to do again. I really appreciate it. And we're going to jump right into it today. I'm going to, I'm going to revisit a couple of things we talked a few weeks ago about, about developing leaders. And we're going to finish the other five points today. I'm talking to you about Jesus, who I believe is the greatest leader of all times. And, and after, you know, 2022 years plus, uh, it's, he's still affecting our lives today. And, uh, with the, with his book, with his leadership principles and the people that he affected. And I wrote, I read two verses and I'm going to read them again. Mark chapter four, verse 33 and 34, and it says this, and with many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them. So he talked to the people, which is crowds of people as they were able to hear it because they didn't understand everything he said Uh, in verse 34. But without a parable, he began to speak to them, which is the 12 disciples. And when they were alone, the 12 disciples in Jesus, he explained all things to those disciples, which means you're going to have spectators, you're going to have followers, and you're going to have leaders. And you're going to have those people around you all the the time. And you got to be willing to break down things that everybody don't understand. Not everybody's going to grab your heart, sir, ma'am. Not everybody's going to understand what 
what you're saying. Not everybody's going to buy in to your vision. They're not going to buy into what you're trying to do. They're just not. And you've got to be willing to understand who are your spectatorship people, followership people, and leadership people. And you've got to be willing to exert energy and effort only to those that you're going to be able to develop. There's different levels of energy. Those that are watching you, very little energy. Those that are working for you and following you, a lot more energy than the spectators. But the ones that you're developing to become the leaders and that you're going to send out, you're going to spend a ton of time with them. You're going to give them permission to invite them into your bubble in your sphere of intimacy. And so we got that. Then I read Mark 16, 15. It says, and he said, Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. In other words, I brought you in really close to teach you everything I know to then send you out. This is what leadership is. It's all about bringing people in to send people out. And we find that in here. And so he changed 12 lives that eventually changed the world and is still changing our lives today. And so we talked about that. Three, the three things we dealt with last time was about developing leaders. And I'm talking about the way Jesus did it. I, I've never read a book on this, uh, on this thought right here, what I'm teaching over the last two uh, weeks. I've never had somebody come and say, hey, these are the eight principles of developing leadership. Actually, there's probably other things out there that other people have seen and read. But for me, this is something that I have personally have a revelation of, of the way I do leadership in my own ministry and in my own life. And the first thing that I see that Jesus did is he chose his leaders. They didn't choose him. In other words, you've got to be very careful of the people that you're going to give the quality, time, effort, and energy into. You can't just surround yourself with people that want to be around you. You've got to choose them based on their character, their desire, their motivation, and their willingness. When you see those type of people that are exerting the, the energy in those four categories, uh, and again, this is my, uh, my uh, opinion of this, is when you see that, that's the people you want to pull in really close and then you want to in, invite them to, into your intimate levels of, of conversation where you are really developing people. Second thing he did that I saw is that he assigned tasks to each one of them with very little detail. He gave them parameters that they could go do things, but he didn't give them specifics. He told them specific things to and to do and not to do, but he only gave them a couple things to do and not to do. The rest of it was them being able to put their own personality, their own spin and level of ownership into the assignment so that they could go flourish in it. And we see that with him. And then the th- third thing that he did, most people would, would flip this, but they would, and they would talk about the correction, but what he actually did was he celebrated victories. I personally believe there's nothing wrong with correction, which is one of the key attributes to finding the right leader is they got to be willing not just to work, but be corrected. Not, be, not willing to show up, but willing to receive correction when it's needed for them. However, if we're always correcting people, I said this last time, then we are going to create an inferior complex on the inside of the person without saying things like you'll never amount to nothing, but constant correction with no celebration causes them to think I'm never going to be good enough. I'll never accomplish it. It'll never be the way they want it done. These are the things that happen on the inside of them. So we got to learn how to celebrate these people. We see that when Jesus sent out the 72 and they came back. And the Bible says that he went to the Father and rejoiced. He celebrated it, which is great. Let's jump into it today. Let's get through these next five things. Number four, number four on developing leaders is this. He corrected the necessary issues. Yeah, I knew you would probably think about he has to have correction in there. 
Absolutely. But I want to talk to you about this correction because so many times we'll treat leaders like we do our little kids. We don't care where we correct them. We're just going to correct them. Do you know why? Because most of the time we're not interested in, in changing the heart of a child. We're interested in our own, our own embarrassment based on our child. So correction with that mindset, we correct anywhere. We don't really care. We belittle, we degrade, those types of things. But Jesus didn't correct that way. Now he corrected religious people. But the people that he was developing, he did not correct in the same manner. We see a few different places in the scriptures, and I'll point one out to you, is in Mark cha- or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 17, verse 14 through 20, where Jesus was in the mountain and he comes down and the disciples, uh, he, had, he had Matthew, Mark, uh, Matthew uh, James and John with, I'm sorry, Peter, uh, James and John with him in the mountain. And he comes down and the other nine are down there trying to get a boy healed and cast a demon out. And the Bible says he couldn't do it, and it, the people were frustrated. So a lot of times the, your leaders that you're developing will create frustration for uh, your clients or for your church members. You, ha- sir, ma'am, have to learn how to handle that situation. Uh, that's a good one. We ought to do a podcast on that, this alone. But listen, it, he never he never corrected them publicly. He made it, may have said, listen, guys, how long I got to be with you? Here, let me take care of this. And that's what he did. But then it says when they were alone, this is what the, is so interesting. They asked him, why couldn't we? Notice this, the level of a relationship in Matthew chapter 17 was Jesus rebuked the demon. He he got the boy healed. He corrected publicly to some degree his disciples, but in such a manner that they still were wondering, what did we do wrong and how can we fix this? With a level of intimacy that they went to Jesus and said, hey, can you teach us what we did wrong? Man, I don't know about you, but that's trust and that's true relationship because when you're correcting people, most of the time they don't come back to you and say, thank you. Could you help me and teach me something? Most people don't. But the ones that have the right willingness, the right motivation, the right character and the right um, uh, desire to grow, they're going to always come back to you and they're going to ask for help. And that's what happened. He corrected when needed, but he never did it publicly. He always did it privately. Do not belittle your your leaders, your employees, or those spectating. Don't belittle them in front of everybody. If you need to deal with something, deal with what the, the, the issue, not the person. Deal with the situation, not the person. And Jesus didn't deal with the disciples. He dealt with the, their inability to do something, but not them personally. But when he brought them together, he said, you were, the only way this came out was fasting and prayer and you were not in it. So he didn't deal with, privately he dealt with them, publicly he dealt with, dealt with it. So let's just figure that out. We've got to realize not only do we celebrate, but we also correct the necessary issues and we correct it the same way Jesus did, which is privately. We don't belittle people. We don't degrade people. If you want to develop people and you want to do this, can I tell you, you'll never develop somebody that don't trust you. You'll never empower somebody that doesn't trust you. You'll never help somebody that doesn't trust you. And do you know the easiest way to burn the bridge of trust is public belittling and degrading. That's the number one way you burn the bridge of trust. And so you got to realize it's not only correcting it, but it's the where, the when, and the how. And Jesus dealt with this in Matthew 17, few verses, but go look at it and then go look at what he did with the religious folks, right? Go look what he did, how he corrected all that publicly, which were spectators. But the ones that he's developing, he brought close to him. Different mindset, different type of people, okay? Number five, number five, it says this. He didn't throw them away when they were at their worst. (laughs) 
Woo! Because listen, you're going to have a bad day and so will they. You're going to have a bad hair day and so will they. You'll have a bad breath day and so will they. You'll have a day where nothing goes right. Every decision's wrong. It's poor because you're irritated. You're agitated. You're frustrated. Things aren't going the way it's supposed to go. Listen, don't throw them away even when they're at their worst. Why? Because you chose them. You saw the potential. You saw their desire. You saw their character. You saw their motivation. And you saw their willingness. Just because they have a bad day doesn't mean we toss them out with the bathwater. You still have to dive in deep and help pull out that what you saw was in them. Just because it isn't flourishing every day, just like yours doesn't flourish every day, doesn't mean we toss them. So let, let's talk about that. Judas was betraying Jesus. He still washed his feet. He still broke bread. He still offered a drink. Judas was, was still welcomed at the table with Jesus in his worst moments of life. Judas was. Come on. Peter denied Jesus three times. His worst day. In one day, he denied him three times. Jesus didn't throw him away. What did Jesus do the next time? Jesus, do you, or Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Feed, ten, feed. What, what did he do? He didn't throw him away because he had a bad day. He still saw the potential in him. Judas, even though he betrayed Jesus, Jesus never kicked him out away from him. Judas chose to walk away. There's a difference there. Jesus was doing everything he could to pull leadership out of Judas. Judas just didn't listen to it. Some of the people around you just won't buy in. It's not your fault. You saw potential. You saw willingness. You saw character. Something got in and tainted them and it caused them to run away. This is the key component about what I'm talking about. Right now. You don't throw them away at their worst. Listen, use those things to motivate them. Jesus did that with Peter. Peter, do you love me? Notice this. Jesus was questioning the thing that Peter was questioning. How could I, how could I betray my master, the one whom I love, the Messiah, the Christ? How could I betray him? And Jesus comes and says, Peter, do you love me? The question that, G, that Peter's asking of himself. Take their worst moments. Utilize those moments to motivate them into greatness. Woo! Take their worst moments and the lowest moments and turn it to motivate them. Don't destroy them. Don't push them away. Do everything they can to help turn the situation into their greatness and their full potential and fulfilling their purpose. Man, that's some good stuff right there. We got we to gotta do some podcasts on some of these things, right? Come on. Uh, listen, if this is helping you, hey, shoot me a comment right now. Send me an email. Send this stuff to somebody else and let them grow in this type of stuff. Let's repeat them. Number one, he chose his own followers, Jesus did. Number two, Jesus assigned tasks with very little detail. Number three, he celebrated their victories. Four, he corrected the necessary issues privately, not publicly. Five, he didn't throw them away when it was their worst moment. He utilized that moment to motivate them into greatness. Six, watch this. He did not correct their passion when exerted incorrectly. Man, I'm telling you what right now, look, I'm not talking about correcting their mistakes. I'm talking about their passion. 
Because sometimes we get this mixed up, but you got to realize you need people with passion. I need them. I need the people around me that have passion, they have drive, they have this fortitude and fervency to accomplish the tasks, to go all in with ownership, man, and listen and buy in to you, buy into the vision, buy in. You need people doing this, right? And when they do this, it's passionate, man. It's so passionate. And so many times we dump water on their fire by always saying no. We dump water on their fire because we're always, uh, it always seems like we're against them. We're always correcting things. No, 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 no. Don't correct the passion, man. Don't let it go. Let it grow. Let it go so it can grow, right? So here's what I'm talking about. Remember, Jesus is on the way and the the soldiers are coming to get him. And Peter looks and says, shh, you're not touching my man. I'm talking about passion. I love this guy. He's changed my life. I would die for him. This is what Peter was saying. And Peter grabs his sword, cuts off the ear of of the soldier. And Jesus doesn't look at Peter and says, what is wrong with you, Peter? What is going on? No, 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 no. He took that passion. And was going to use it to motivate him. Watch what he did. He picked the ear up, put it back on the soldier's head, and just said, listen, I'm giving my life freely for the purpose. Just because they are passionate about your, you and your vision doesn't mean you correct that. It means you keep you steer the passion in the direction for forward, uh, forward motion of the vision. You don't stop the vision. The vision and the purpose of Jesus was to go to the cross. If Peter would have had his way, he would have stopped the vision. You just got to renegotiate that passion. You got to redirect that passion into the the prosperity of the vision. You just got to learn it. You can't always correct their passion. Let it go. Let it grow. Let it burn because that zeal will get becomes contagious and you need that. Watch. Don't let, don't cause them to bottle up their passion, man. Allow it to drive their purpose. Let the passion drive it. You have to let that. And Jesus was one that was the greatest example. He didn't pour water on passion. He just redirected it. And and Peter became one of the most passionate uh, ministers of the gospel, one of the most passionate apostles of the land. And here's the thing. When you understand how you don't bottle that and pour water on it, and you don't always correct the passion, but you you redirect it to accomplish the vision, I'm telling you, when you let that person go, they're going to explode your vision. They're going to do things you could only dream of. Why? Because of the passion on the inside of them, man. Number seven. I hope you're getting something today, man. Listen, I'm having fun with this one. This is really in my heart. And again, this is this is something God spoke to me about. And I just want to help you in your leadership. And the next one is this. Number seven, they watched him fulfill his purpose. Man, we're talking about developing leaders. This is what we're talking about. How do you develop them? What did Jesus do? What, what are some principles that we put into practice that people around us flourish and, and, and walk and run into their full potential? And number seven is they were with him in his purpose. He fulfilled his purpose and they were there all the way through. They were there. What, what does that tell us? He allowed them into his bubble of intimacy. He, they were in his intimate moments. They were there. They, they cared about him and he cared about them. They were there with him and fulfilling the ver- purpose. They were part of his purpose. Realize that your vision is greater than the thing that you're trying to sell or accomplish, but it's the people that you're empowering and developing to go and do everything God's called them to do. This is what true leadership looks like. And so we got to realize, you got to remember, the Garden of Gethsemane, he takes three disciples and he says, stay here and watch with me. What, right? He says they, he, they were with him when he walked on water. They were with him when he calmed the storm. They were with him. They saw every aspect of his ministry. The Bible says it actually says that when Judas left, there was 11, but they had to have 12 and they had three straws. 
right? So that means there's 15 total. And one of the requirements is they had to be with Jesus to be a part of those apostles in everything he did. So we know 15 people were with him the whole time. And, and here's what it says. They had to watch everything. He invited them into his circle. You're going to have to build trust and invite them into your most intimate moments of your ministry, of your life, if you really want to develop people. that come, Trust is earned in intimacy. Trust is not earned in, 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 in uh, directions and in instructions and in, in just barking orders. Trust isn't earned, man. It's there be through intimacy. I'm going to read them real quick. Let me go through and watch. Number one, Jesus chose his followers. He didn't let them to choose him. Two, he assigned tasks without, with limited detail. Three, he celebrated victories. Four, he corrected the necessary issues privately. He didn't, five, he didn't throw them away at their worst day. Six, he didn't correct their passion he, uh, when exerted incorrectly. He redirected their passion to change the world. Number seven, they were able to watch him fulfill his purpose. They were really close. And number eight, number eight was the verse that I read in Mark 16. He commissioned them to fulfill their greatest purpose, not just be employed. Wow, man. Jesus did that. He sent them out. He sent them. This is developing people. This is how you develop leaders is you got to go through these seven steps. But the eighth one is you got to let them go. You got to kick them out of the nest and cause them to fly. You got to go ye, go ye, go ye, go do it. Here's how you do it. Remember the first number one that he chose them by four things. I told you he hit their character, their desire, their motivation, and their willingness. You got to know their potential even when they don't see it and cause them to fulfill their full purpose. You got to know it, leader. You as the leader have to know their potential. You got to see it. How? Why? Because you saw it when you chose them. You know the ones that are around you that you need to pull in closer and tighter to you and pour and impart into. You know that by their character. You know their willingness. You know their desire. And you know their motivation. And you know their potential. Even when they don't, you got to know it and you got to cause them. You got to push them. You got to push them to accomplish everything that they need to accomplish. Man, these eight things. Can I tell you this? I tell everybody this. You get around me and and I'm watching people in my own church do this and some are are running from me because they don't want to be pushed and many of them are running to me because I tell them this. If you come near me, I'm going to push you to become all that God's called you to be. I'm going to push you into your purpose. I'm going to push you into your potential. You're going to do things when you're around me. You're, I'm going to cause you to do things that you really don't want to do, but I see it in you and I'm going to cause you to fulfill your full potential and purpose. That's my yes in life is as a leader, a pastor, but a leader is to cause people to grow and, and send people out is pull people close teach what I can teach and send them out so they can go. They don't have to be perfectly 100% equipped. I have to spend enough time with them and give them enough room to fail, but also enough room to succeed that they believe in themselves as much as I do. And that's what leadership is. Listen, developing leaders, you have to choose them. Watch, let's repeat. You have to choose them. You have to assign them a task with limited details. Let them have ownership. You got to celebrate their victories. You got to correct what's necessary privately. Correct the issue publicly. Correct them privately. Watch, you don't throw them away on their worst day. You take their, that that wrong decision and motive, use it to motivate them to do better. You don't correct their passions when done exerted incorrectly. You turn their passions and redirect them to fulfill the purpose. Watch this. You invite them in to an intimate level of your life to watch every detail of your purpose get accomplished. And fi- and finally, number eight, commission them, go. Send them, send them, 
and find somebody new. Send them and find somebody new. It should be a three and a half year reciprocating or re, re, uh, reoccurring situation in your life that's constantly developing, sending, developing, sending, developing, sending. Amen. Listen, I'm Terry Linscott, the host of the Anointed Leadership Podcast. Once again, Thank you for joining me, and I hope and pray this content helps you. If you have questions about it, if you want to talk more about it, if you want me to come in and speak to some of your teams, whatever I can do to help you, please reach out to me. Again, terrylinscott.com. Email me there. Reach out to me. Request things. Apply for things. I would love to talk to you. Again, share this with everybody you can. Until next time, I pray that the anointing of Jesus Christ get all over you and in you to accomplish everything God's called you to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.